So today I want to talk about cultivating the fear of the Lord in our lives. Now this topic is one that a lot of preachers stay away from. But that's why there's a lot of broken lives. Cultivating the fear of the Lord in our lives. You know, as a pastor and a minister, I, I, it's amazing to me the amount of people that come to me and they're at their wit's end. And they're like, well, I've just been trying for so long and I've been fighting this one thing, but this sin is still in my life and I just don't know. I think I just need to give up. Or I've been working on this thing forever. I've been going to church. But, you know, I'm not seeing any progress. And it's, it doesn't take me too long. I ask two, three questions, which is what you should do. Because when people give you their opinion, they're always not telling you what they don't want you to see. Yeah. They want you to give an approval before, they un- before you understand all the facts. Right. So I'll ask a couple of questions, and we'll talk. And for the majority, one of the most vital things that's missing in people's lives as a general rule today is the fear of the Lord. Mm. We are trying to do Christianity without the fear of the Lord. And so we have a broken religion that's full of work, striving, and a lot of condemnation because we can't get free of stuff. Hello. So we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord today because the fear of the Lord actually is one of the most powerful motivators to live a holy life. Now, when I say holy, I'm not talking better than the next person. I'm talking a life that is moving towards God-likeness. Okay? Not of your own doing. See, I just love that it's like the the, the breastplate of righteousness is actually God's righteousness and not mine. Because I've already been told that my righteousness is the same as filthy rags. I had to clean up a butt this morning from one of my little kids. Daddy, I pooped. I'm like, awesome. One of the most spiritual acts of the day. And I had to get a whole lot of little wet wipes out and get things cleaned up. And I got me some filthy rags. See, your righteousness is filthy rags. As you thinking you're all that in a bag of chips. Well, I went to church three times this week and I prayed. <laughs> Filthy rags. Oh, <laughs> See, the problem is, is that we believe that we have a point system of being awesome. We believe if we do this, 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 and this, we actually, we got cred in the spirit realm. Hello? And that, and that, you know, there's actually a certain level of hierarchy that everyone in the church best watch out because I come up a level. <laughs> Can't you see that? <laughs> hmm? Right? But, but the reality is, is that your righteousness is filthy rags. You need the righteousness of Christ. The undefeatable, undisputed, sinless Lamb of God. He becomes your righteousness. But the problem is, is that in the modern church, because of society and because of the way that society has infiltrated a lot of the modern church, we don't see the need for respect of authority. 
because we don't do it. Now, we might know the theory or the theology or the knowledge. We might know the correct answers, but the correct answers and lifestyle are two different things. Having knowledge is different than having mindset. Hello. There's a lot of people that can tell me this, 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 and this, but then I watch them and I'm like, your life is nothing like what you just said. And so there's a lot of people that actually are influenced more by society than they are by the king. So they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. Because the power is resurrected, resurrected Jesus inside of me conquering sin and death. Amen. Hello. That's why Paul said you cannot continue living as a slave to your old life. Yep. Right? So the, the interesting thing is we come to church, we read our Bibles, we listen to worship music, we go to worship concerts, we wave our phones, <laughs> right? We listen to some podcasts, but we are bound to sin. People bound to pornography more than ever before on the face of the planet. There are things now contending for your attention. Like, if you go back 100 years, this stuff wasn't even heard of in the secular, dark, seedy corners of town. Now it's commonplace in the church. So, So we have not progressed. We're tolerating a transformation in society that's really bad. Hello? Are you with me? Can we talk about the stuff that people don't like talking about? Because it's one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> See, we, the, the reason that this is a stronghold is because preachers don't have authority in it, so no one talks about it in church anymore. So a blanket of silence goes over the subject and people get more and more lost in it. Right. Hello? We're not afraid to talk about this stuff because you can have complete freedom in Jesus. Amen. The missing ingredient, guys, is the fear of the Lord. One of the biggest problems that our generation's had is that we've had a lot of enlightenment, if I could say it that way. We've learned about the Father's love. We've seen moves of healing where it's not just one man healing people, it's all of us healing people. Hello, this is good. This is very good. Okay, we have seen awesome revelation about faith. We have seen awesome revelation about the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. We've seen revelation about, about the heavenly realm. We've seen that in this generation. But one of the things that we are lacking seriously is the fear of the Lord. We've been taught about daddy's love. But the problem is, is that humans by nature are polarizing creatures. And we pick our favorite subjects. You do that in university, right? Well, I'm going to major in science. I believe in science. Right? <laughs> I'm going to major in these different things. And so because of that, because I'm an expert in these things, I'm going to minor in these things over here. These things aren't relevant. But that's where we've gone wrong. You see, when in Ephesians, when it says to put on the armor of God, it doesn't just say put on the armor of God. It says put on the full armor of God. It doesn't mean, oh, I'm just a sword guy. That's my thing. Right? It says put on the full armor of God so that you can, you can withstand the strategies of the enemy. Hello. When it, see, when it talks about the counsel of God, it says the full counsel of God. 
So that doesn't just mean that I can just connect with Jehovah Jireh and be just a finance prosperity Christian and be completely wrecked in every other area of my life. Hello, this is one of the problems we have in our modern church and it needs to change. We need to get balance. See, God wants to give you, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not mine, remember filthy rags, and all these other things will be given to you, will be added to you. So when it says all these other things, that means there's no limit of things that God can bless you with. Hello. But seek first the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God is, well, you know, I'm kind of more like a South County person. I don't really like North County, and, you know, I I don't like L.A. No, no, if you're a Californian, accept it. This is all part of who you are. Hello? I mean, not all, but not California. I mean, California is probably really blown, but you get my example. So, so let's talk about this because the fear of the Lord has been one of the most, most misunderstood and misrepresented attributes of God and his culture. But it is one of the most powerful things that would cause you to walk right. And if I ask this room right now, who wants to walk right with God for the rest of their life? Every hand's going to go up. See, the thing is, it's not that we don't want to. It's that we don't have the right equipment. We need the right equipment. It's not just good to have zeal. The Bible says this, that zeal without wisdom is foolishness. There's a lot of young people in their, in their teenage years and their 20s that get real zealous about God. But by the time they hit their 30s, they marry and start having some kids. And they lose their zeal for God because their zeal didn't match their character. And they lost themselves. And the things they set out to do got faded away because other things became more important. Like, oh, I need to pay for my family and my bills. and. So we have to build for longevity, not just for a shout of declaration. If I can say that it's something that Americans are terrible at. We like come out like, yeah, we're going to do That was a little bit of Stallone there, but kind of channeling the Stallone thing, but just kidding. It's not serious. That was just a joke. But like we come out and look, I think America is one of the greatest nations on the planet. I'm not knocking it, but we have to... It, we have to be growing up enough to see that we have weaknesses and that those weaknesses need help. Amen. We can't just say we're the best at everything because we're not. Totally. No one is. Jesus is. Okay? So, let's, so, so we have to be open to seeing where we're broken as a nation and as a church and as people and not being offended with like, well, how, how dare he point out my weaknesses? Well, Jesus did to the rich young ruler. Hey, man, you got some weaknesses, dude. You're all about that money life. Go and sell it all. Give it to poor people, and I would love to disciple you. That's a trap. And the young man went away sad because he was very rich. Okay, so let's talk about this. Is this good? Okay. When we fear the Lord, we choose to love what he loves and hate what he hates. When we see, see, you say you love Jesus, but you have secret rendezvous with Satan. This is scary, scary talk here. Just shout me down anytime. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) see, when we truly fear God. We love what he loves and hate what he hates. 
So, so with that, let's talk about this. So fear, you guys have heard this before, fear is um, false, how does it go? False what? False evidence appearing real. Sorry, I, I had that written down and I just totally blanked out. False evidence appearing real. And that creates an emotion of terror of anticipation or anticipation of terror. Hello? Okay. So when we hear the word fear, we automatically gravitate towards scared, anticipation, terror, afraid. Yes? True? So that is not the fear of the Lord. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but that is not the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the deep reverential respect for God's awesomeness, his greatness and his power. And I talked a little bit about this last week. It's like, I have the fear of Bex. (laughs) Not afraid. I'm not afraid of her. But I am so in love with this woman that if she doesn't like it, I will not like it. If she wants something, I want something. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Because I want to conduct my life in a way that pleases her. Let let me give you an example. She has serious allergies um, to... Brazil nuts, right? What is called Brazil nuts and hazelnuts, right? They can kill her. Not for long because that's leaving her body. Right? But since we've been married, that's been a thing. Now, I like to cook and do freaky, crazy cooking stuff. Okay? And Brazil nuts and hazelnuts would be good ingredients, yes? Okay? But because of my respect and value on her... I don't even eat them and come back and kiss her. Hello. Because I don't want to let what I choose to be in my consumption offend and hurt her so I have a deep respect and value for her that will cause me to abstain certain things because I don't want to strain this relationship. I want to strengthen it. Hello. This is what's missing from the church because we believe that Jesus has bought us with a price and now we're free agents that can do anything we want. Hello. We believe that we say we love God but we can still dance with the devil. We believe we can say anything we want out of our mouth and God's okay with it because we are under grace. But that's false teaching. Grace doesn't let you do whatever you want. Ever. It's never been the case. Someone getting something today. Yeah. Do you notice I'm speaking real softly and lovely? And... <laughs> it's just because I'm getting over losing my voice. It's not. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's really changed. Oh, no, he, he isn't. <laughs> okay. So the, so the word fear is about terror and being afraid and anticipation of bad things. The fear of the Lord is actually about relational stewardship. Mm, Hello. So when God asks me not to do something, he's not trying to control and diminish the joy of my life. 
He's trying to protect me from things that would diminish my life that at the, at the present moment seem attractive. He's trying to tell me not to touch filthy rags because he's holy and the second I touch filthy rags, he can't touch me. Are you with me? And so, so, so God cares about my life's outcome. He's not saying you should be afraid of me. Now, there is a terror of the Lord. Satan has a terror of the Lord. Demons have a terror of the Lord. Firstly, because their story's already been written. And I'm happy about that. Okay, they're going to burn in hell forever. That's who hell was created for. They have caused so many problems on this planet. I am going to be, like I've said before, front row seats eating special popcorn and calorie-free ice cream while he toasts forever. That's a good day. Look, it's okay to be okay about that. See, I'm not allowed to hate any person, but I am allowed to hate the devil. Let that sink in. So stop hating people and start hating the devil. Stop playing with them. Okay. So we're going to read some scriptures real quick. Because we're going to start to see that this thing, the fear of the Lord, will change our lives. Now, it says that we shouldn't fear man who can kill the body. It says, but rather we should fear God who can both kill the body and afterwards destroy the soul in hell. So there is a side of God that holds so much power that if we don't steward that relationship well, he unfortunately will be the judge for many that will unfortunately send people to hell. But that's not his plan or his heart or his will. His will, Jesus came so that if it were possible, all would be saved. But that is our choosing, not his. He's already built his half of the bridge People have to step out and walk over. Does this make sense? So we have to understand that while God is a good, good father, that good, good father sent his son to the cross. I want you to let that think about that for a second because we know it, but do we really know it? Have we really walked through that emotion that God actually is tough? He walks in tough love. God the Father saw it fit to bruise his own son and pierce his own son on the cross. That's heavy. Okay. Well, God would never want me to walk through pain. No, he doesn't. He had Jesus walk through the pain for you. But God is actually going to allow you to walk through painful seasons so that you grow up. Okay. And sometimes we're blaming God for bringing us into painful seasons that we took ourselves into. Okay. So I just want to frame that. And I want to talk about this for this next season because if we can get this, we're going to start to forsake things that we've actually toyed with and we've tolerated. Mm. So good. Hello? Yes. Do you think that you can have that secret addiction in your bedroom? Do you think you can have that secret relationship that no one knows about? Or that you think no one knows about? You think you can have that stuff and then be in deep intimacy with God? I mean, that's... You know in your heart that's a lie. Because you come out of those moments feeling terrible, and you come out of those moments and you can't look God in the eye. That's a genetic problem. You go ask Adam. 
It's like I couldn't, I knew that I'd done wrong and I had to hide from you. It's a genetic sin problem. You see? So what that is, is that that means I can't be close to my God because I've been close to another God. Hello? So the fear of the Lord protects the relationship. It doesn't control me through anticipation of terror. That's the, that's the real fear of the Lord. Hello? Okay, so let's read some scriptures. We're, just gonna, we're gonna talk through this because believe it or not, God has never ever made one law to take anything away from your life. All the things he's asked us to do or not to do are so that your life would be better. Children, obey your parents in the Lord that it may go well with you and that you would have a long life. Hello? That is the first commandment. Well, it's the second commandment, really. Honor the Lord, right? Okay, so so let's look at this. We're going to just stay in the book of Proverbs now, okay? Because we need some wisdom on this area. We need some wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3, I'm going to read from verse 1. My son or my daughter... Do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. Let your heart keep my commands. Why would God tell you not to forget his law or keep his commands? Why? Because he wants it to go well with you. And he wants you to stay close to him. He is jealous for your heart, not for your control. He is jealous to be at one with you, to be friends, family, and intimate with you. This makes sense. Watch this. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. See, behind everything that God requests is a motive for your good. It's God's motive for your good. Let mercy and truth, sorry, let not mercy and truth forsake you, Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Do you understand the weight of that statement? Let mercy and truth not forsake you. Now, that sounds very eloquent, doesn't it? Yeah, but truth is black and white. There's no gray areas with truth. It's either wrong or right. It's either holy or unholy. It's either clean rags or filthy rags. Hello? So mercy is is a posture of non-judgment. Not non-discernment, non-judgment. Showing compassion, showing love, showing mercy and truth. And the two are connected. I cannot show, to, show mercy to someone in an issue that is not true. Are you with me? Where truth is not present, I cannot bring mercy to that. Otherwise, I could be empowering evil. Hello, they're connected. See, that's where emotionally unbalanced Christians just give mercy to everything. Mercy, mercy, grace, grace, grace. No, don't give grace to that. Don't give mercy to that. We need truth to deal to that. Hello. See, this is why we need the fear of the Lord, because it brings us back to maturity. Otherwise, we use statements like identity, love, the Father's heart to, to excuse anything. And that's not the kingdom of heaven. Hello. 
Okay, so, so you want to find esteem, high favor and esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Beautiful. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, this is where the fear of the Lord can really just kick in right here. Yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I'm going to say it again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means that fear, worry, doubt, and anxiety cannot be a part of that equation. Hello? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, second part of the statement, and lean not on your own understanding. Your logic, your reasoning will always negotiate you away from intimacy with God and away from understanding God's ways. Every single time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in how many ways? All your ways acknowledge him. God, is this what you have for me? God, do you want me to do this? God, what would you have me do here? God, what's, this part, what's the right decision in this moment? In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. There's God being king again. He's been king again. Well, God just wants me to figure out my own life. Does he? Because my Bible tells me different. My Bible tells me that he wants to direct my path. He doesn't want me to just pick whatever I want and he's just really endeared as the creator that, oh, they're just really, wow, that was an expressive painting. (laughs) Hello. I thought that was going to be a beautiful landscape and they just threw paint at the wall. Right? God really is quite decided on being in charge. Then watch this. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. But 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 in all your ways, watch this, sorry. Do not be wise in your own eyes. That means that everything that you believe is really smart. Everything that you believe that you just have all this experience and wisdom in is not wisdom. See, I I defer to God's answer. There's so many things that I get wrong still. You know why? Because I look at it through the lens of my experience, not through the eyes of God seeing the future. Here's the deal, man. If you could have a business advisor, I believe it was 2011. I'm going to make a point to you right now. In 2011, I was missing God. I did not hear God the way I should have. Do you know why? Because $100 worth of Bitcoin in 2011 is $6 million today. Hello? $100 became $6 million. Hello? I missed God on that. I apologize to you in advance. (laughs) But if you have a business advisor that could see 10 years into the future, 15 years into the future, 50 years into the future, that could say, don't do what you think you're going to do right now. Do this because I can see where this is going. You would be really dumb not to listen to him, right? right? Okay, so let's read that passage again. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him or invite him into your personal boardroom of your life and he shall direct your paths. Hello. 
Do not be wise in your own eyes because you only are working with what you can see today. He's working with every facet, past, present, and future. Powerful thought, isn't it? Then watch this. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Come on, somebody. You want healing in your body? Fear the Lord and depart from evil. See, when you fear the Lord, it's easy to depart from evil. When you don't fear the Lord, you have a buffet of evil. Oh, some of you know what I'm talking about. Well, you know, I just, I got a little away from Jesus and just, I just went and grabbed everything at the, at the diner. They said, what do you want? I said, I want everything. Proverbs chapter one. Someone getting something today. See, a lot of the time we are expending all our energy and becoming very frustrated trying to fight sin but we're fighting it with the wrong mechanism. Your willpower cannot defeat sin. Because your willpower, your willpower is bendable. That's right. Wow. Yeah. It might not be today, but it's coming. See, this is going to be a little shocking and it might catch you off guard, but hear everything I say before you conclude on what I'm about to say. I do not love people and serve people because I love people. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I do. Then feed my sheep. I serve people because I love Jesus. If I serve people because I love people, people are going to disappoint me and I'm going to stop wanting to serve people. Hello. See, we can do the right thing out of the wrong motivation or the wrong mechanism because we we haven't really dug deep enough in this book for this book to change us. When we serve people because we love people, eventually you're going to stop loving people. And you only need to be a human to figure that out. So hopefully we've all got that. right? But when I am in love with Jesus, I can come from that place and serve people. And now I'm not doing it for your response. I'm doing it for his affirmation. Hello. That's why Jesus disappeared frequently and went to the mountains to be with his father. He wasn't, when everyone got up and left, and he said, are you going to leave two guys? And Peter's like, where else can we go? He wasn't even impressed by what Peter had to say. He was leading out of intimacy with him, not intimacy with them. Hello. Sometimes we're fighting sin and certain things and mindsets and lifestyles and all these things, there's chaos in our head. And we are trying to fight that head on. And what happens is, is your willpower will make you starve that out for about two weeks, and then you just binge two weeks worth of willpower. Hello? It's true. But if you go into a place with God where you are so touched in his presence that you don't want to hurt him, then that stuff becomes the enemy And you have fallen so in love and been so deeply touched by him that you fall out of love with that. That is the fear of the Lord. Hello? See, the devil left Jesus for a more opportune time. Don't think the devil wasn't there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Hello? Are you with me? Jesus had his own opinion in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
and Jesus was smart enough to have another plan to offer the Father. Well, Father, what if we did it this way? What if, what if I just lived my whole life and died? Because that would still be a death, right? What if I died of natural causes? That would still be a death, right, God? Hello? Jesus was smart enough to think about that stuff. Nevertheless, Father, not my will, not my reasoning, not my logic, not my theology, your will. And Jesus submitted himself to the Father to the point of death. Come on, guys. This is the real kingdom here. Not this fake candy floss. What is it? Cotton candy junk that people are teaching out there. This is how you overcome sin. By fearing God. By being so deeply respectful and and adoration of him that that stuff actually starts to break its power off of you. Okay, come on. This is the the message we need to hear. So, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The beginning of knowledge. uh, But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or the beginning of wisdom in another translation. What that actually is telling you is that the fear of the Lord is entry-level kingdom. Hello? Did you guys hear what I just said? Oh, this is real deep. No, it's entry-level kingdom. The problem is, is that this is a rebellious generation. It's a rebellious culture that fights authority. It's a rebellious culture that doesn't believe that we really truly need to submit to God because we've been taught counterfeit gospel. We've been taught that you just work out your own salvation. That's true, but we haven't been told about the fear and trembling part. It's not your own truth. It's his truth, and you've got to figure out if you're going to match up to it or not. It's not my own truth. It's never been my truth. My truth is an opinion. Opinions hold no power. Truth holds everything. Hello. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise instruction. Despise wisdom and instruction, sorry. Okay, then let's go to Proverbs chapter 29. Someone getting something today? I'm going to land in the next couple of minutes. Proverbs 29 verse 25. The fear of man brings a sneer. Isn't it funny we can be in a grocery store and feel the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to share me with that person. And we're more afraid of people than we are God. Right. This, is, this is why we're not getting enough souls saved. The fear of the Lord's not in place. Because we're too much worried about what people think about us rather than who he sees us to be. This is why we're not getting souls saved. The fear of man brings a sneer, but whoever trusts in the Lord, trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Come on, somebody, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27. The fear of the Lord prolongs days. Is anyone here just really down for a short life? Like said, no one ever. Hey, I hope I get out of here real quick. No, that's not the right answer. There is stuff you need to do in your life that God has pre-written that you are going to be held accountable to when you get to heaven. Yep. Well, I'm just going to go to church. That, that'll do, right? No, it won't. Come on. God has an ordinance over your life of what he's called you to do while you're living. Yeah. And he will ask you what you've done and how you've... Hello, parable of the talents. Right. 
Hey, those talents I gave you, well, I just pretended like they weren't there, God. Okay, next part's really scary. True? Okay. See, see that kind of thing should st- stimulate the fear of the Lord in you to say, like, I don't want to be someone that stewards loosely or carelessly what God's put in me. I want to have a life that pleases my king. I want to do the things he's called me to do. That should be a healthy fear of the Lord that causes us to, to depart from evil. What's departing from evil? Everything I want to do that's not part of his plan. That's evil. And sometimes evil looks like kind of all right. Sometimes evil looks like, oh, dating that guy. Well, he's kind of cool. Well, is it someone that God gave to you or is it someone you got for you? See, the problem is that God's just never turned up and told you no. But God doesn't do that if you want to get to know him. He sits back and watches Eve pick the fruit. He lets you do it because he respects how sovereign you are that he's made you that way. Come on, somebody. I'm speaking truth right now. This, I'm not going to tell jokes to make this get lightened up. This needs to sink into you. What if I get to heaven and I've done nothing that God's called me to do? What does that look like? That should stimulate. See, there was a period in my life where every single day I told God, and I was actually concerned, not from a place of unhealthy fear, but of reverential respect for God. God, I just want to be a son that pleases you, and I do not want to miss the calling on my life. And I was concerned because I knew that I'd blown some time. I knew it in here. And we can't be so casual in our comfortable life. Like, I've just this last year, I've been to several nations. We have one of the most beautiful, comfortable environments on the planet here. We do not understand how people live. People live in serious poverty, guys. We are so comfortable that everything in life has to be comfortable. And if God says, I want you to lay that thing down, we fight and have a tantrum. Okay, But then we say that we're the advanced, modern, cutting-edge church. Hello? See, it doesn't matter about what it looks like here. It matters about what he says to us when we get there. Hello? Okay, so let's keep moving, because I do, I do really want to land here. So, the fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. How can you be wicked? Do whatever you want. Carry on. Don't truly submit your life to God. Next, next proverb, Proverbs chapter 16. I'm going to read from verse 6. In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. Atonement. What Jesus did when he spilled his blood, that was atonement. Paying the debt of atonement. Okay, so in mercy and truth, there's mercy and truth again, atonement is provided for iniquity. Iniquity is the sins of the heart, premeditated stuff. And watch this. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs or a person departs from evil. You got a problem? Well, I just can't stop doing that one thing. I can't stop that that chemical addiction. I can't stop the alcohol. I can't stop sleeping around. I can't stop pornography. I can't stop hating people in my mind. Well, it's telling you right here that by the fear of the Lord, you're going to stop. The problem is, is well, I don't want to talk about the fear of the Lord because that makes me afraid. Well, the only part of you that's afraid is the demon that's going to leave your life. Hello? <laughs> Very aggressive preaching today. 
<laughs> I'm just having fun. Um, watch this. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. A man's heart, uh, sorry, a man's heart's plan, a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. There it is again. Well, I know what I want to do. Father, if it was possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I want, what you want. See, we need to live a life that has a branding on our heart. Nevertheless, not what I want, what you want. Look, single people, God can choose a better spouse for you than you think you can pick out of a crowd. Because some of them, some of those peeps that you think you're looking out of a crowd that are the stunner, that is a shocker, that's like, wow, that one's just for me, that one's just blowing me away. Yeah, they've got closets, closet freak skeletons that you don't know about that could destroy your life. So it's better to have God say, hey, that one. See, for this one here, for those of you that don't know, I was looking at all different places, right? thinking I was getting all these, this girl's right in front of me, and we were in the worship team together, and one night after, after group, we were both leaders, and I, the Lord, I just felt like the spirit of prophecy came on me, and I went into a vision, and I saw this platform of, um, like this beautiful theater platform, and I saw all these beauty queens on the stage, and I saw this massive floodlight, it was all dark, but I saw this massive floodlight come around, all these other girls were in the shadows of the light, but this one here was standing right in the middle, Okay, and so, so I was thinking, well, it could be this, could be that, could be, and, and God's like, it's this one. I've chosen you this one. You see, you can have confidence in that kind of marriage. See, you can have your plans, but God is going to order your path. So do you want a life that God has ordered and, 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 and given you the pathway to, or do you want to have one that was like, well, that's the one I wanted? Come on. See, if you have the true fear of the Lord, you're going to stop having, I want, I want, I want, and you're going to start saying, what do you want? Because I care about you so much that I want my life. I've been bought with a price. It's not about me anymore. What do you want? And do you truly, well, what if God disappoints me? Listen to yourself. Listen to yourself, seriously. What if God doesn't get me what I really like? Dude, he made you. He knows you better than you know you. When you're having a little crazy thought, he already knows where that came from before you figured out where that came from. He knows you. And he can get you someone better than you can get yourself. So yeah, it's good to have a little list, but don't be just completely crazy about that list because God might get you out from the side here and say, boom, look at that. Look at that person. Look at him. Look at her. Come on. But don't think for a second, because it's very exciting talking about this. Don't think for a second that he's going to do that for you if you won't let him have all the other areas. You think you can just have everything else your way. I did it my way. And then it's like, oh, God gave me the, the, the pick of his choosing. Praise God. Yeah, you'll destroy that thing too. You, hello? See, the fear of the Lord is a lifestyle. I have deep concern that I'm walking according to what he wants. And if ever I get it wrong, I want him to tell me because I would hate to carry on doing something that he doesn't want me to do. I don't want that. And I'm okay and real enough and humble enough that if I do get it wrong, I'm going to fall on my face and repent to God and apologize because I don't want to hurt his heart. Hello. Okay. 
So the fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. You want a short life? Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy New Year. Might be the happy last year, I don't know. That was pretty savage. Okay. Oh, sorry, I was already in the next, next scripture down. I'm getting myself all carried away here. So by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues with, without justice. A, man, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Okay, last scripture. Is someone getting something today? Yeah. I've gone a little bit over time, but this is, this is probably one of the most important messages I've preached in a long time. We need to return. The Bible talks about returning to the old paths of God. See, we believe that new and revolutionary is cutting edge. No, it's not. Sometimes it's straying from the very basic foundations of the kingdom that we live in. And if we actually do that, we'll, look, here's the deal. There ain't no sinner in hell that's going to follow you living like a devil claiming Jesus. I mean, I don't know what else you want me to add to that. Put a little cherry on top. I mean, that's just real. No one wants your life claiming Jesus going to church. That's the hypocrite that you used to hate. With your secret plethora stash of different selections that you just hold on to hello okay (sighs) proverbs chapter 9 i'm going to read from verse 1 wisdom has built her house she has hewn out her seven pillars the seven spirits of god she has slaughtered her meat she has mixed her wine she has also furnished her table She, she, she has laid out the restaurant for you wisdom she has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places in the city. Whoever is simple, you might not be the smartest person in the room, but if you can listen to God, you can be. Yeah. Come on now. Hello? You don't need to be the most sophisticated theologian. You just need to be obedient to God. And so I, I don't, I, you know, I'm not the smartest person. I haven't had the greatest maybe background and greatest advantage. But if I just hear God and do what he says to the T, to the best of my ability, you're going somewhere. Yeah, come on. Something's going to happen well for you. Okay? Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live. See, there's some things in our life that we are nostalgically connected to. I'll say that again. There's some things that we're emotionally and nostalgically connected to. Well, this is the way that my family's always done it. Say it. This is how I've always seen it done. This is my culture. This is the track record of my life. Wrong. If, you're, if you've got stuff that you're watching has a track record of either being bound to sin or going around the mountain of failure, you need the fear of the Lord that will cause you to depart from destructive cycles. Okay, so if, that, if that's the case, that means you've displayed foolishness in your life. And I know none of us like to admit that, but that's a fact. That's a truth. That's a truth that we just need to like break open the pie, whip some fresh cream, get your bowl out. Put that humble pie in the bowl, put a little bit of 
fresh whipped cream on there and a cherry on top and just sit down at the table and eat your humble pie. Okay, I've been foolish. Okay, cool. Admission is the first step. See, truth precedes mercy. You want mercy? Okay, God, fix my mess. Okay, cool. Before we get to fix the mess, let's get to humility and truth. Because humility and truth actually is going to invite the grace of God. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I need grace when I've made a mess. Hello. (laughs) So, forsake foolishness and live, and go to the way of understanding. He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself. Now, this is a... This is a good point. For me, there's people that come to me for help, but they don't really want help. They want validation. And so, unfortunately, for me, I've learned that if I try and tell them that you've gone wrong in this area, they'll turn on me. So it's best I just keep my mouth closed and keep watching their show until they're humble enough to actually want to actually have help. Hello? Sometimes we're just so bitey, scratchy trying to survive, we're not ready to be humble, honest, and true. With ourselves and then others. Okay. And he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer. See, I've got permission to not correct you if you're a scoffer. For real. What's a scoffer? Someone that comes to you for help, you tell them what to do, maybe tell them that they got a few things wrong, and then they go away and they, they tell other people not to trust you because you made them feel bad. Hey, wondering if we can get together this week. No, pretty busy. Oh, okay, I'll leave that right there. <laughs> Just being real. Okay, lest he hate you, rebuke a wise man, and he will love you still. See, I've come to a place in life that when the people that speak into my life, they come and they bring a little bit of course correction, you actually learn to love it. Because you realize that it is benefiting your life and saving you from calamity. When I was younger, I used to hate it because I I led with my pride and ego. But if you can let your pride and ego die, you start letting the righteous, the wise, and and the experienced speak into your life, and their decisive statements will be abrasive to to the blunt edges in your soul and make you sharp again. Okay. If you want to grow... Learn to love correction. If you want to stay foolish, hate it. No one will help you. Your pain will help you eventually. But the fear of the Lord will push you in the other direction. And that's what we want, guys. We want freedom from sin and bondage, and we want to move towards maturity. I know this is not an exciting cotton candy Orange County message, But this is a kingdom message, guys. This is a message that will cause us to actually forsake stuff that keeps pulling us into the past seasons and pulling us into condemnation and causing us to feel separated from God and not having confidence with God and actually be able to stand up and like, you know what? I'm going to start getting people saved for real. I'm going to start getting people discipled around me. I'm going to start really going after praying. I'm going to actually start to pursue my calling. Because I'm going to deal with these elementary things that I've been romancing. The only way I can do that is I romance God enough where I can't afford to let them close anymore because I value this so much and I respect the relationship so much. Okay, real quick, I need to finish this this scripture. I've gone significantly over. I apologize, kind of. (laughs) Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. 
give instruction to a wise man and he will, he will still be wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One, that's intimacy, is understanding. For by me, this is the Spirit of God, Manifesting is the spirit of wisdom. For by me, your days will be multiplied and the years of your life will be added to you. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you will bear it alone. What that means is if you scoff or you mock or you fight back when, when correction or wisdom comes to you, you'll bear the consequences on your own. Amen? Did someone get something today? I think we're going to go a little bit after the fear of the Lord in these coming weeks and surrounding topics because I really feel like it's a key ingredient that we need to personally, each one of us, focus on so we can grow and move towards maturity. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. We're going to close. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, God, that you love us enough to confront us. And I thank you, God, that you're confronting us today and that you are appealing to the greatness in us by challenging the weakness that we've nurtured, by challenging the sins that we've tolerated and and the things in our lives, the things in our lives that are distractions. God, I thank you for every detailed destiny in this room and watching us online right now. And our Holy Spirit, I ask that you would move powerfully in our hearts, that we would go to war with these things by getting greater into greater intimacy with who you are. That we would pursue you personally and that we would pursue spending time with you so that we value who you are at such a great respect level that anything else would be an enemy. That we would pursue your plan and your will for us, God, and we would stop being distracted with trivial sin and trivial distraction things, God. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, that this is a new season in 2020 will be known as the year when we look back, the year that the fear of the Lord took root in our lives. And that it caused us to depart from evil, that you, that you lengthened our days, that you caused favor with you and with people around us, God. That you caused uh, um, our, our, our paths to be established, that you caused instruction to come to us to show us the plans you had over our lives, God. In Jesus' name, in the areas that we were weak in wisdom, you made us stronger. So I thank you, God, it's going to be the year that sin's power was broken off of us and addiction's power was broken off and distraction's power was broken off in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that this is going to be a year of freedom because we put you back in the right place in our hearts, God. In Jesus' name, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you that you are going to do great things in us this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.